What is up, people? Welcome to Game and Talk Live. I told you, changes were coming to the Patreon stuff, the podcast stuff, the, the Spawncast network. We're trying to grow this thing, although John is trying to cut it off at the legs because he's a fucking worthless. Um, anyways, yeah, so... This show will now be live. Yes, gotcha, Sprinkles and Wolfie. It is live. Um, we'll be doing an after show of this for the Patreon members. That will be up on the Patreon. I, I don't really know how this is working. This is my first time using Steam or what the fuck is Steam Yard? Streamyard? I don't know how to. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. I am RGT85, joined as always by Josie Woe. Josie, how are we doing? So good. I'm excited to do this live. I think it'll be a good change of pace. Did you paint that picture in your background of the waves? Uh, I bought it from Target. It was on sale. It was like $4 and it looked boring back there without one. So okay. unfortunately, okay. So, no. It's a power move. And Nate the Hate is back. Nate, how are we doing? I am dealing with extremely high winds this evening. So there is the potential of me losing power during the show. Yeah, we I had oh, it last boy. night, but um it wasn't too bad. Like I sometimes when it gets windy, because my bedroom is on the second floor, like Luca, I usually like if it gets super windy, it sounds like fucking like I'm about to fly away to not in Kansas anymore. But um yeah. So before we get into the show and kind of explaining how this is going to be working, um, we, of course, have to give shout outs to our esteemed producers over on Patreon.com slash. Fuck is his name? Spawn Wave Network, I think it is. I just go to SpawnWaveNetwork.com. That works, too. We, of course, have Trent A. at the producer role. Our executive producers, William Hoag, Mr. Joby. Not to be confused with Kobe, Joshua Butts, aka the Butts Man, John O, Achievement, and our sponsor once again is the Game Orb. Guys, I keep trying to tell you, you need to go check out the Game Orb's channel. He's got live stream stuff. He's over on Twitch. Check out his YouTube channel though, because that's what's linked in the description box down below. Convention walkthroughs, gameplay. Go show him some love as he shows us some love and allows shows like this to be created along with all of our producers once again our sponsor for the month the game orb go check them out but yeah so this inaugural episode is on this channel but we have a new game and talk channel that is hopefully in the description box um, i'll throw it in chat right now actually i'll link it okay josie will throw it in the chat christian calm your tits pal um yeah, so we are um, we're going to be moving this over to the official game and talk channel. So got, make sure you guys subscribe to that channel to keep up to date with all of our wheelings and dealings. But let's get into some topics here, people, because there are topics that need to be talked about. Obviously, we've been away for a little while. Holidays, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, so, you know, 2024, obviously... Did you post it in the chat? Because I don't see it in the chat. I did. I posted. I don't it. see it in the chat. What do you? I have the chat up here on the side. <laughs> it's literally in there. All right, as long as it's in there. But yeah, so we got you know, we got 2024 here now. You look at what Nintendo is doing. You're obviously waiting for reports, and you're waiting for you know news to come out about the Switch to 
nonsense. And of course, uh, see, toxic Piplup says it's not there. It probably what? like went into. Yeah, it's not there. Christian says it's not there. Christian's not a liar. Right. He's, a, he's a Christian. Put it um, in the uh, put it in the uh, the group chat, and then I'll put it in there. Okay. Yeah, I think it got blocked. I think I think you're right because you're probably not a. Mo- I'm probably not a moderator, but I'm on the Spawncast Network. Anyways, anyways, so we got some some analysts doing some predictions, saying you know, hey, uh, I think I think the Switch Two. It's going to be this year. I think it's going to be $400. You got people coming out of the woodwork. The the Thai Taiwan's getting involved now. They're saying this, that, or the other. Eight gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of memory space, you know, 120 hertz refresh rate on the screen. It's getting, it's getting hectic. And I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. I think things will just continue to get crazier as we go along so so what are we thinking about this stuff what are we thinking about these reports do we think there's any merit to these reports um what are we thinking here i feel like they're i mean they can't they can't all be correct right like they're all they're it feels like they're all over the place and this has been so up and down with people being like no way it's 4k it has to be 4k like, I feel like there's no way to really tell if these are actually real or if they're all just, like, fabricated by people off of maybe, like, educated guesses. Because, like, it's pre- – I think a lot of these things are also pretty easy to assume. So it's like – like, we've talked about a couple times on here. If you, like, throw enough stuff at the wind, one of them is going to catch. One of them might be correct. But – I, just I like to think say, it's... if you throw enough shit at the wall, eventually it'll stick. But no, I, because, yeah. I, I, because, like, like I said in my video about this stuff, like some of these, some of these sources that are like Jeffries. I'm an analyst at, at Jeff. Nate, tell me what Jeffries is. Tell, <laughs> tell me why I should care about Jeffries because I don't think I've ever heard of Jeff. The only Jeffrey I know is my uncle Jeff. And then Jeffrey the giraffe, but he spells it with a G, so that's a little bit suspect. I was anticipating that you were going to bring up Jeffrey Giraffe, so I'm very pleased that you did. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this particular analytical firm. And the thing with some of these analyst reports, it's they're not reports. They were asked to give their opinion on what they foresee in the year of 2024, and Nintendo was a topic. So they just gave some of their personal speculation as to what they were anticipating from Nintendo in this calendar year. The issue then turned into you had outlets, you know, be it written or video, that were taking this information and portraying it as though it was something more than it was. This is just a simple case of GameIndustry.biz reached out to Sarkantoto. Said, hey, we want your thoughts on what you expect uh, in 2024 do- from Doctor, Dr. Sarkantoto. Dr. Sarkantoto. And Sarkantoto puts out some generalized thoughts. This isn't an analytical report where he is going through a step-by-step breakdown of what he is anticipating from Nintendo. These are very vague, simple thoughts. And people are taking these as though he was giving a true, a true in-depth analysis of what he foresees. And it wasn't that case. 
And that's kind of the core issue here is that people were really taking this to mean something substantial. And if he were privy to any specific details and went public with them, that would be quite problematic. That could be viewed as insider trading. It could be that he violates an NDA with a company. These are just opinion. And people have to understand that and recognize that. And it's fine to report on this opinion as long as it's being portrayed in the proper way. Dr. Serkan Toto's predictions of 2024 have no merit beyond exactly what they are, his personal thought. He's a doctor. He, his PhD is in economics. I didn't realize you could do that. I didn't realize that was that was a thing. Maybe I would have should have gone to college for that. But no, you know, it, it's yeah, I, I, well, I did business because whatever it was okay. just there. Um, no, I, I think, you know, people my my problem is just the whole analyst thing like i i feel like there are people within this sphere that that you know do video game stuff every single day i don't understand how these people become like specialists and analysts and all these like am i an analyst because i i'm fucking on my computer on my phone every goddamn second of every goddamn day looking at video game stuff or i'm working on this that or the other like like, if, is there a tight? Is there a way that I can get that title for me? Yes, work for an analytical firm. And that's can all I it really comes down to is that he works for a firm that gives some, you know, forecasting. It's no different than Michael Pactor. Michael Pactor oh, is technically Michael an Pactor. industry analyst. He looks at trends. He looks at history. He looks. He tries to give forecasts based on either public rumor or information that he is privy to to relay to whose investor group that there's going to be moves, be it for Nintendo, Microsoft, or whatever company that he is, you know, dependent on giving information about. And that's all an analyst is, is looking at a situation and giving a forecast so that investors can make moves. Dr. Serkan Toto, yes, he has his economics degree. That is his expertise. But when we see the reports that come out, this isn't him giving his expertise. He's not advising an investment group. He's just saying, hi, general gaming populace. I think in 2024, Nintendo will have new hardware and it will be slightly different than the current Switch. Okay. There's nothing no to take way. away from that. Yeah. I'd like to announce that my LLC, Flancrest Enterprises, is now an <laughs> analytical company as well. And as the sole proprietor and employee of Flancrest Enterprises... I would like to announce that, yeah, we, we're I'm an analyst now. So congratulations to me and only me because I have achieved my dreams. Yes, we are really live, Brandon. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it's 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 guesswork. It's speculation. It's fine to do, but you can't get super worked up about it. You know, it's like the, the, the CNBC, you know, CNBC came along with their thing where it's the usual suspects. You know what I'm saying? If, uh, you know, that's where Jeffries was, the other guy whose name I've heard before, and then the good doctor was involved in there. But it's just it's just guessing. You know, I, I think the the more interesting thing, but it seems like that was also guesswork as well, was the the Ty Taiwanese economic was a forecast. 
believe it was called Forecast. They -hmm. came out with some, or at least they said some some more numerical data, you know, stuff like, you know, uh, how much RAM the system is going to have, the the screen, uh, the refresh rate of the screen. But if you look at them, they don't necessarily have like the greatest track record in the world either. So it's like mm-hmm. more more guesswork, you know. It's 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 like saying that there's going to be a, a January event, and then when it doesn't happen, be like, oh well, it must got moved to February, and then you just keep doing that till eventually you're right, and then you're like, yes, I fucking did it. Like I don't know, man. Like it's it's um it's kind of exhausting, but yeah. At the same time, like, what else are, like, let's be realistic. What else are Nintendo people going to talk about right now? Because a lot of these channels, I'm not naming names or anything, but they don't review games. Did you just, can you hear him, Nate? No, he just kind of disappeared. We feel dead air. Um, I kind of agree, though, with what everybody's saying. We still can't hear you, RGT. Uh, <laughs> this is the beauty of doing this live. Hello? Uh, yeah, you're back. Did you mute yourself? You what muted happened? yourself again. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, I think, like, I don't see how these industry guys, it, they're any really different than, like, the YouTubers making their speculation on the future of, of Nintendo, because... It all just seems very much like guesswork, and nobody has any concrete evidence. Oh, you're—I can hear you. Ah, yeah, you're back. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jeffries, Jeffries took me out. What was I saying? Because I was in the middle of a good speech. You're talking about how Nintendo YouTube creators have nothing to oh, talk yeah. about because they don't like, review games. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of them don't review games. Like. And there's games coming out, but you know, a lot of them don't like. I got a game, I got a game review, or not really a review, more just impressions because I haven't finished it yet. But that's going out tomorrow for a, a Switch game that I think a lot of people are going to sleep on because they're looking forward to this next thing. They're looking forward to this, you know, mm-hmm. this new system announcement because everything, you know, that'll fix everything with it. But you know, there you see it with the with the. Um, the stock, their stock is at like an all-time high right now or something because of anticipation of new hardware announcements. But I feel like people need to, to realize that it's probably not happening this month, or it's definitely not happening this month. It's probably not right. happening next month. It's, it's not happening in more Like, if you're lucky, you might get April. If you're lucky, you might get April. But, you know. Hey, that's the... That's really the crux of the issue here is that due to the anticipation, people are looking for any digestible news they can find on the topic and they turn nothing into that content. So it's essentially a person going out and finding dirt, putting it on a plate and saying, eat. And it's okay to wait for dinner to be served. You don't have to be a little kid going out into your mother's garden and eating earthworms because you didn't get a cookie before dinner. And that's what a lot of this reporting turns into. It's that any minor thing they see trending online is immediately turned into a hype story. Because as you said, the anticipation is more satisfying than the end result. It's that hype. It's what's coming next. And then once you have it, you're ready to move on to the next thing. January began 
and you had the rumors and reports saying a January presentation for the Switch 2. And then it gradually pivoted to, oh, is there going to be a Direct this month? We are 10 days into the year, and we're already now talking about a February Direct. Why can't you let the month of January come? Have new releases come to the platform this month, like another code is coming out next week. Okay, but did Why you, you, you play you play that demo, pal? You play that demo? Yes, it's it's <laughs> satisfactory for what it is. Um <laughs> but give predictions, give thoughts of what you think Nintendo could do this year. Not everything has to be a nonsensical rumor based on hopes and dreams or just innocent comments made by an analyst like Dr. Sir Cantoto. Not everything is news, and that's okay. If you want to go the speculative angle, there are numerous things you can talk about during a given week. It's that 24-7 news cycle that has now kind of entrapped the YouTube sphere where people feel as though they need two, three videos out every single day. And you don't have to. If there's nothing to talk about because there's no news, create an original topic. But do you think that, you know, people that are kind of well revered you know because because grub said something about a mm -hmm. a february direct and then people run with that do you think that not not to to blame them or anything like that but do you think that people should potentially be more conscious of when they say stuff like that because you know if you're in a position where people are going to listen to you and people hang on what you say and report on what you say do you think sometimes and I'm not trying to single out Grub, it's just, you know, I'm I know him. Right. Um, but do you think that you know s people potentially need to be more cautious of saying things because of the fact that they are seen as someone who knows stuff and and talks about stuff? I think that yes. they should make it clear that what they're saying isn't a rumor or like something like that or a leak because with grub sometimes you don't really know if he's like reporting on a leak that he thinks he knows about or what it is and when it's just speculation i think they need to make those types of people need to make that clear see even when they do make it clear you still have select outlets who will run the story anyways because they know they can get clicks on it and right. grub or any other personality can say I am just repeating historical precedent here that Nintendo will likely have a direct sometime between now and the conclusion of February. And you would have an outlet say, Jeff Grubb says Nintendo will have direct in the next few weeks. Or it's, I'm not saying that. Simply saying that based on Nintendo's historic trends, they typically have a Nintendo direct in the first two months of the year. And Sony will likely have a state of play as we haven't heard from Sony in a significant amount of time. People just have to take it for what it is. And the issue is, is that they're not actually watching the show when it's said. They're looking at an out-of-context quote somebody puts on Twitter, and then they make a video or they write a story online about it, or it becomes a forum post. And it omits the content of how was it led into. And because but, nobody's going to double back and check the source. They're just going to look at the post they saw on social media and, boom, run off with it. But at the same time, it's like, why even, why, why say that? You know, why say right. well, there's probably going to be a direct in February? Because all you're doing is making people think that you know something because they, they, it's like, no shit. Look at the calendar. Look at how <laughs> it's look like at every how year it, they do it every. It's like, oh, you say there's a one to be one in June. There's going to be one in September. Now, if you want to talk about the content available, 
in upcoming mm-hmm. Nintendo Direct. Okay, that's fine. But just saying that sort of stuff is just like you're you're, you're almost setting yourself up for people to to take you know right. the bait. And it's, right, that, that is where the phrasing is important. Where you could say, "We're now in January. There's anticipation that Nintendo will have a Nintendo Direct sometime in the month of January or in the first half of February." And given that they have dated a fairly substantial portion of their games for the first half of the year, it will be interesting to see how they approach that first Direct. Right there, if you frame it that way, it shouldn't become news. But somehow it would be. And it is a very, yes, it's an obvious statement. As you said, we'll have a Direct in June. We'll have a Direct in September. These are the usual months when Nintendo comes out and relays new information to us. Now, it's news if you say a week before the airing of the Direct, that, hey, Nintendo's going to have a Direct sometime next week. That's news. That's reportable. That's fair. But in the case that we've seen for this week, this was a nothing statement. It didn't have to become headlines, yet it did because the Nintendo fan base is always hungry and thirsty for the next thing. That it doesn't matter what you're given today. They want to know what is coming tomorrow. Yeah, and at a certain extent, I don't know if you can blame, like, Grub and, like, even Nate, they've taken stuff you've said that, like, right? Like, that you you were speculating mm-hmm. on. You weren't saying that was facts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an issue with the outlets. Like, n- not as much as the people, report, like, just giving their opinions online. I think they should be able to do that. And the outlets should do their due gi- diligence as game journalists or whatever they're supposed to be and make sure that what they're reporting on is actually factual and they're not just right. running with garbage and that's one of the issues is that the outlets will say we're just reporting the thing so they pass any sense of responsibility then onto the individual that they're reporting and it just well i'm just reporting it so you get all the clicks you make the money but then you pass the blame onto the individual that you have misquoted so let's just say hypothetically there is no nintendo direct in the month of february I hope there isn't. Because of the reporting this week, people will come after Grub and say, well, you said there would be a Direct in February. Right. I did not say there would be a Direct in February. I said that Nintendo traditionally has a Direct in February, so that's where the expectation is. So the individuals who reported it would just point the finger at Grub and say, well, he said it, but you made it news. You have some guilt here, but they will not accept that guilt. I hope when they point the finger, it's the middle finger. (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the, remember remember abgn did that joke i'm gonna give this game the finger the middle finger that was when he was full of life and exuberance but really if you want to know like when the next nintendo direct is like really just follow alana pierce because she'll leak it again and then complain about <laughs> industry leaks happening but yeah you know it, I, um i see a lot of people asking in the chat you know do we think that the announcement for the successor system is that going to happen you know during a direct no i think it'll be its own event it'll be its own situation um and it'll just it'll just i mean because if you look at the the announcement of the switch that didn't happen in a direct you know the wii u you got to go way back for that so no i i think um i think it'll be its own separate event i think that's what really makes the most sense yeah. too they could go a number of ways here. And whenever I see the topic come up of the idea of a Switch 2 presentation and people are trying to say, okay, well, depending on when it releases is going to dictate when they're going to do that reveal. 
and they continue to cite the Nintendo Switch's reveal in October of 2016 and how it had a very limited span between the reveal and the launch in March of 2017, but it always ignores that Nintendo had publicly acknowledged that NX would launch in March of 2017, way back in April of 2016. They acknowledged new hardware was coming, they gave you the release month. All we were waiting for in the calendar year of 2016 was when would the announcement or the reveal of the hardware come? Right now, we do not have an official acknowledgement of a successor to the Nintendo Switch officially from Nintendo. Nintendo has not announced any plan to release new hardware. So why are we operating under this idea that Nintendo is just going to have a presentation and show the system immediately? Why can't well, I mean, they come they in March or a, April and say, we have successor hardware planned for the Nintendo Switch and we intend to release it in the coming fiscal year? Then yeah, means... like we don't even know the the code name for it, right? We always get to know that before the game is out or right. the system's out. Right. We've never we've have never actually had a console transition that the company had not officially announced intent with at least twelve months between announcement and release. So we're already in an uncharted territory in terms of that. But we got that graph see though, why pal. the 20xx right there on the graph con <laughs> for fucking nation but it's just weird that to me people expect the first acknowledgement of the hardware to be a full-on presentation i think it makes more sense for them to come in march or april announce new hardware is coming give it the name be it switch 2 super switch switch advance whatever it would be and then come june or sometime in summer have that full reveal presentation where we get what the gimmick is, the concept of the hardware, a look at the launch lineup, and then the system can come out later this year. Do this three-part thing, not just, hey, here's the first look at the system. Oh yeah, it's coming out in six months. Like, okay, we didn't even know you had new hardware coming out. That's, that's quite quick. And if I'm an investor, I'd be a little pissed off that I didn't have any lead time to either invest money or take money out. I want some acknowledgement that something is indeed coming before a reveal. But to to your point, I I do feel like the 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 April announcement that we're referring to. Don't you think that that was kind of out of necessity though? I I I I know that that's how they handled it, but I feel like to me that's more of the outlier. That's more of the anomaly for this because people are like at this point they were like, you know, fuck Nintendo. Like, the Wii U sucks ass. <laughs> There's no games for this thing. You know, this company is going to go out of, you know, this company is going to go the way of Sega. And so they had to come out, you know, in April is right after um, the end of the fiscal year. So they came out and said, hey, we got something new. It's it's coming out in, in this upcoming fiscal year. Don't worry. We're good. And then, like, you know, that reinstills confidence in the consumer. Whereas with the Switch you don't really have to reinstill confidence in them. Cause I feel like the confidence is already there um, because of the success of the system. Yeah. They also might want to hold systems. on to it. Oh, yeah. God. If you come more. from the DS to the 3DS, Nintendo acknowledged that they were making a 3d capable handheld and they released a press release. Then we saw the system for the first time at E3. Right. And a lot of this hardware was announced officially at E3s with a code name and such, with that no longer being a viable venue, are they truly going to just pivot to this 
full on, we're not even going to acknowledge or announce hardware in advance. We're just going to say, hey, tune in next week for a first look at the successor to the Nintendo Switch. Well, I mean, you got Summer Games Fest, pal. You can have it right there. <laughs> Jeff Keighley exclusive. If it happens, I mean, because if it happens during the summer, it's still yeah, a part it's... of Summer Games Fest, whether it wants to be or not. Exactly. But yeah, you yeah. know, it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, like, if anything, we hear about it, it's definitely going to be after March because I think they want to close this fiscal year pretty strong for the Switch. And um, the Switch is still selling, too. Not as well as it was, but I also just think that, like, they having a more quick turnaround time might be better so that, like, leading up to the launch, the Switch can still continue to sell and people continue to buy it and all that. Because I think they... Do you guys think they're still going to support the Switch after the next system comes out? Or do you think they're going to drop it? I think you'll see. Well, you know, it kind of depends. Is is the um, is the next system backwards compatible or not? You yeah, know, I think, even, I think once we figure even that though, out. Even like if the, you omit the backwards compatibility, I think there will be a transitionary period that the Switch 2 will be on market and the Switch will continue to get some games from third parties and first party studios but they would be smaller quality games, you know, more in the vein of a Yoshi game or a Kirby game. And we've seen this time and time again, dating all the way back to the GameCube even, where you had that transitionary period as we got the Wii, they released Twilight Princess a month after the Wii version had launched. And you still had a few GameCube games coming from Nintendo. And then the DS was getting games after the 3DS and the 3DS was getting several first party games after the introduction of the Switch, like Metroid Samus Returns, you know, yeah. Samus Returns, Fire Emblem, and some other titles. So I think we'll see a mirror to mirror replica of that going on with the Switch to Switch 2 transition. Well, speaking of transitions, we're going to transition into our next topic here. Shout outs to the 350 people watching this live. Don't know how you found it, but thanks for finding it. Make sure you subscribe to the home of Game and Talk, where we will be live. I just dropped the link in there. But we had some some interesting things from a company that think things have been a little bit rocky for them. You know, you know they they have their hardcore defenders and stuff like that, but things haven't been exactly smooth sailing for the Xbox brand recently. And it's come to people's attention. Actually, Nate the Hate was one of the people talking about this, that there is a strong possibility that I think it might even be a bigger, bigger than just strong, but a strong possibility, we'll say, um, that Xbox will be putting some of their first party titles on competitor platforms. Now, that would ideally include Nintendo, and I guess you would have to assume Sony as well, but this is game and talk. So we're going to just focus on the Nintendo side of things. But then we had more people come out after that saying, hey, you know, we heard about other games, potentially Sea of Thieves, some other stuff. So so what are we what are we thinking with this? What are, what are we uh, obviously, Nate, you know something. Um, so I'm going to try to pry it out of you. But like my, my mind goes immediately to Hi-Fi Rush as that being a game that would do very well on the switch i also know that sea of thieves has been brought up but it seems like it's going to be mostly back catalog stuff now nate you did say that this was a highly acclaimed game in terms of ratings 
so really looking at things, it's either Hi-Fi Rush or Pentiment. And I don't see Pentiment making a big splash no matter what system it's on. So talk to me here. Give me, give me, give me something. Well, one, I think your classification of Pentiment is unfair. The game is a gem. Nobody played it. That is just a serious crime against the gaming community as a whole that people are missing out on such a fine, developed, masterfully crafted narrative that is delivered in Pentiment. Niche genre, though. I think we can agree on that. The genre is a little yes. bit niche. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's essentially a point-and-click narrative-driven game. Definitely not something that the modern audience really caters to. More of that bang-bang shooter audience now. Continue. Did we lose him? Yes. The power guy? No, oh. no. He's he's being coy with this. If if I were to say Hi-Fi Rush <laughs> is the game in question, would you say that's a pretty good guess or that's a pretty bad guess? I would say that Hi-Fi Rush is a quality game that more people should definitely be given that opportunity to play. If you have an Xbox and you haven't played Hi-Fi Rush, you're just really committing a crime against yourself. This is one of the finest games the Xbox had. You should be arrested for that, pal. You should be arrested. It just has that Dreamcast PlayStation 2 era quality of gaming. It is a pure delight. The rhythm-based mechanics are masterful. The characters are whimsical and humorous without being overbearing. And the gameplay is just a delight to play. Very charming game. Definitely one of the finest games to come out of Tango and Bethesda in recent years. And one of the best new IP Microsoft is able to host. I also think it's interesting that people are like pretending like this is like a new thing. Like, like Minecraft, I know it's different, but Minecraft is an Xbox thing and it's on everything under the sun. On top of that, we've gotten... Cuphead and both Ori games on the Switch already. I feel like if the game fits the system, like a like a Hi-Fi Rush would really do well, I think, on the Switch. I think that it makes sense for Microsoft to look at it and be like, well, it's just it's more money for them at the end of the day. That's gonna have a second life. Like Ori had like a whole second life on the Switch. And that's how a lot of that's how I played the games. But do you think that it's sort of because uh, let, let's just call a spade a spade here. No company that does hardware has ever really done something like this while they're still making hardware, potentially putting their first party catalog of games available on other well, systems. I mean, I guess it depends on how we want to really use that term. If we go back to the DS, Microsoft had allowed to. They brought Blue Dragon to the DS. They permitted Diddy Kong Racing to come to the DS. So there's definitely a precedent where Microsoft, where the opportunity presents itself, may be willing to bring select IPs to other platforms. And I know people say Blue Dragon's not that big of a deal. But the DS got two games. The 360 only got one. But, but those were on the DS. That's a handheld system, a market that Xbox then and really still now has no interest in. So I don't True. think it's quite apples to apples, you I know, mean, maybe even on your own channel. Like, you have the video about the Halo DS. I do. I do. 
Mm-hmm. But once again, that's, you know, are you going to work with Sony <laughs> on the PSP or would you rather work with Nintendo who, you know, at that time, you know, Nintendo was was starting their own thing. They were starting their own cult. They're going going in their own direction mm-hmm. with gaming, whereas, you know, Xbox and PlayStation were a lot more competitive with each other. But I, I, I guess one of my questions is like, what's the limit here? What's the limit of these games? Be- because like they're, the, the, the Xbox still isn't selling great. It seems like they've sort of hit a market cap on Game Pass subscriptions as well. You know, we have when was the last time we got any sort of update on that? You know, it's been quite a while. It seems like things have plateaued with it. Is there a point? I know we're turning into Xbox podcast. Is there a point for them to exist within the console market if they're going to be putting, you know, major first party titles on other platforms? Is it a thing that they're going to they're going to put stuff on the PlayStation? Is that a plan? That's what what streets are saying. Streets are saying that right now it seems like Sea of Thieves will be coming over to PlayStation. And that's a, a game that does make sense. Because of the fact that, you know, you got microtransactions at the ass there. But, like, I, I, I just want to know, like, what, what is the limit here? Like, do we need to start looking at future Xbox games? Like, Indiana Jones, you know, that's going to be at the Developer Direct. Is that going to be something that could potentially be multi-platform now? I think from at this point in time, it has to be treated as just a a case-by-case basis. This is going to be something that Microsoft will internally evaluate and they will find games that best serve this initiative. So it's hard to say exactly how far the initiative would go as of January 2024. And the thing is, is that Microsoft can still be in a very advantageous position depending on the timeline of such releases. If these games don't come until 18, 24 months after their introduction on the Xbox system and Game Pass, you as the consumer who would wait 24 months, the odds are very likely that you were never going to invest in an Xbox to begin with. Because at the end of the day, the Xbox and a Game Pass subscription would ultimately be cheaper for you as a consumer than to go out and buy a PlayStation 5 and then buy the game for let's say $70. Because wouldn't you rather just have the Xbox and Game Pass where you'd get all of Microsoft's games, third-party games, everything that's on Game Pass, or would you rather buy a PlayStation 5, wait two years, and then spend $70 on that same game? So Microsoft could position it that way. And when you think of Sony and Nintendo, I think it's fair to say that they are in the hardware industry. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah. Would you agree that Microsoft or the Xbox is more so in the service industry. Yes, 100%. So that's where this business model could benefit them. Because at the end of the day, if their initiative is to sell a service, which would be Game Pass, alongside X million amount of systems, (laughs) but then bring these games to other platforms where you'd get additional revenue, which in turn can then fund further Game Pass games where you have a timed exclusive deal of let's say two years microsoft can position that yes they're not going to be competitive in the traditional sense 
of we're going to sell 100 million Xboxes and compete with PlayStation and Nintendo on that sense, but they can be very aggressive with their services and they could make a lot of money by doing this if done proper. But messaging is going to be a significant thing they have to get right if they go that path. I think one of the, the issues is, though, is that, you know, they generate revenue from from video games, but it's 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 not a driving factor for Microsoft. So I almost feel like, you know, at some point in time, somebody's going to come along, whether it be, you know, someone at Microsoft or a group of, uh, you know, shareholders or something like that and just be like, why are we why are we doing hardware like what what is the benefit here why not just have game pass be its own thing it, it's all streaming you just make it make a streaming app for for tvs you know you could buy a little box or something like that for 100 bucks 150 with a controller like why do we have this system when we could put our games because you bought all these studios. Now you have all these studios and people in their mind were like, Hey, this is going to strengthen Xbox, but mm-hmm. is it going to strengthen Xbox in the traditional sense? Or is it a bigger picture? I think it depends on how you view Xbox. If you view Xbox as a Xbox. brand or do you view box. Xbox as the box? Well, I think it's all encompassing, you know, like you could say that about, anything it's just kind of where your mind goes to you know if you if you say if you say xbox i think most people i don't think most people the average person i don't think when when you say the word xbox i don't think they think of something like game pass or services i think they think of a box when you talk Mm -hmm. about a nintendo they're talking about nintendo's latest system when you're talking about playstation you're talking about playstation's latest system like I, Mm -hmm. i i i i feel like they're I don't want to say I feel like they're banking too much on the casual crowd getting involved in this, but I feel like, you know, there's so many instances where things were catered to the, to the, you know, casual audience, Google Stadia, Apple Arcade, and people don't give a fuck. Like they don't care about these things. And like, that's <laughs> kind of how I see if, if they got out of the hardware business, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's weird see, to me. I don't think Microsoft will leave the hardware business. I think the Xbox box, as far as hardware goes, will be the primary conveyor of Game Pass as a service because Sony and Nintendo are very unlikely to ever accept Game Pass on their platform. But if Microsoft finds value to bring select games to those platforms, that's a win for Microsoft because they're still going to be able to have those games first on Xbox, first on Game Pass, where you get them part of your subscription or you wait 18 to 24 months and pay full MSRP for them. And that's what they're going, that's why they will have hardware. It's also good to have that hardware out there because frankly, you need to have a system that's competitive with Sony. You have to put pressure on Sony. Yes, 100%. Look at what Sony is really evolving themselves into. We can look at their first party output this generation. It's a lot of kind of MCU-ish. It's no risk games. It's just iterative sequels on well-acclaimed franchises, not taking away any of the accolades from these games. But don't you feel as though Sony of 2024 is far less experimental and ambitious than the Sony of the PlayStation 3 generation? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And they were so experimental during the PlayStation three because Microsoft had them to the coals. The 360 was a force and Sony had to get creative. So even if Microsoft isn't a one-to-one juggernaut, as long as Microsoft has a hardware presence and they're able to make some maneuvers to keep Sony humble, that's a good thing for the industry. And I think Microsoft will position the Xbox in the long term, really as just that conveyor of Game Pass. And in their vision, maybe they think that's enough to have timed exclusive, huge releases. And I'm sure they can still hold a number of those games exclusive permanently, because this is going to still be a case-by-case basis. Which game will serve us well going multi-platform? And as you had Steven Totillo and Jeff Grubb make mention, Sea of Thieves. This is a game that's been on the Xbox line of hardware now for, what, six years? There's really no negative for that game going multi-platform. It would bring in more players, which means more microtransactions are going to be purchased, which just means a lot more revenues coming to your brand. And that money, in turn, goes to fund that game or fund other experimental games under the Xbox Game Studio, you know, umbrella. And that's good. That's good for the brand. And I think people just have to move away from the idea that everything has to be housed and held hostage on a singular box. The industry is growing. Budgets are ballooning. You have to find means to subsidize these costs. And if multi-platform is the path that Microsoft chooses, they must see value in doing so. There's nothing preventing Nintendo or Sony from doing a similar style. They just haven't adopted it yet. Yeah. I mean, it's just it really what it boils down to is it's uncharted territory. No pun intended. But, you know, you haven't really seen the industry shaped like this, especially with all the, the outside variables happening, you know, stuff like rising costs of stuff. You know, everyone's kind of playing it a bit more safe now. Are we this is off topic, but are we going to debate this episode or no? Yeah, we're debating. What are we debating? Oh, you didn't get the memo. You did not get the Shit. memo. You typed so, it in the thing? Yeah, I typed it. So we've talked about the Switch 2. We've talked about Xbox and Nintendo linking up. I still think Hi-Fi Rush will be on the Nintendo Switch in 2024. I'm basing that on no insider information. However, I think it's very valid. Now we have our debate the end of our show we always have a debate and this one should be very right. simple we talk about the switch two specs yeah we talked about it with the with the other shit oh eight gigs of ram 120 hertz refresh rate 64 <laughs> gigs of was there something else that i didn't we didn't talk about with it 8k 12k okay kind, of, kind of forgot we went over it yeah, we, went we got really for stuck it. into Xbox for a second there. I, I, we said Taiwanese Economic Forum or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, so here's the debate, folks. What is the best pizza topping? Starting out with Nate. Man, this, this is, is... A, this is tough. This is tough because there's so many options you can put for a pizza. You can go to the traditional pepperoni, or you could get very experimental where you could do buffalo chicken. Uh, it really comes down to mood for me as to what I would say is the 
best topping. But I think a traditional pepperoni pizza with some, you know, some peppers on it is the best topping. Red or green peppers? Ooh. I'd go with red. But you see, it also depends the pizza we're talking about here, because you could just put some basil. That can be fire, too. Mmm. I'm just going to go with the classic pepperoni and cheese. Jose? Uh, I would have gone with what Nate said, but seeing as that's taken, uh, I'm going to say chicken and pesto is my favorite. I think it's okay. really good. This, is, this isn't pasta here. Okay? It is. It, have you had it on pizza? It's really <laughs> no, good. Because because a pizza so is a pizza. It is not yeah. a pizza. This is the problem with society. No, all right? no, no. Everything we, has to be. Oh, my it, God. It, it's, it's like a cracker. You can't just eat a cracker. You got to put some where's the cheese. Where's the meat on the cracker? It, it, the cracker is not a plate. A cracker is a cracker. You can eat a cracker by itself. You eat a wheat thin by itself. It doesn't have to be some sort of big thing. Like, how does that even work? It's gonna be all it's goopy. It's not a big thing. It's hey, gonna be. I could have gone. I could have gone full Rhode Island on you and brought out the pizza strips. The fuck is a pizza strip? The bakery. Are pizza. you gonna argue for just cheese because that is what you set yourself up for? Yeah. Okay, goddamn right I did. Yeah. Goddamn oh right God. I did. <laughs> just cheese is the no. It, no. Just <laughs> cheese works on so many levels. First oh off, God. tradition. Tradition, okay? It, it, it is what pizza is What tradition? Based. American Italian tradition? Did you still have you have the the, the parmesan, the the mutts on the on the on the Italian pizza? Okay, okay, you have okay. the you, you know, you you the pizza margarita or whatever. But the thing about cheese pizza is <laughs> is with cheese pizza, that sets you up to know what this pizza place is about. You eat a cheese pizza, then you know I like this place or I don't like this place. We have to take whoa, price into whoa, account. Whoa, whoa, You can get a large cheese for like sixteen dollars. You start putting toppings on that motherfucker. Now you're at twenty dollars. What if you get that twenty dollar pizza and it sucks ass? You know, oh, you can just pick out the toppings. That doesn't fucking work, okay? Because the taste is when there's a fucking olive whoa. on a pizza, you could still, yeah, you, yeah, you, you still you taste the, it. Yeah, the olive pollutes everything. But you see, the important thing about a pizza, it really comes down to the consistency of the crust, but it also is all about the sauce. No, yeah, it's all about the you, sauce. You, you can't pesto salad. is such a good sauce. But you're not going to taste the sauce with all of these toppings. Chicken? That's the problem. Chicken, chicken has a taste. Chicken has a texture. It has a taste. If you yes, if you take like, okay, if you take if you take a bottle of water. Like a normal bottle of water, and you take another bottle of water, and you put a piece of chicken in there. It's going to taste like chicken. Of course. But I'm just saying, like, what? why can't you mix it? Like, like it's going to be <laughs> not every chicken and every bite. You could have some of the pesto, cheese, and chicken. It's so good. I feel like we really just jumped over that. It was. It's so good. I feel like everyone on this panel has to come to Rhode Island, go to Thayer Street, and go to Antonio's Pizza. And you'll see an array of pizza options. You have buffalo chicken. You have That's fire the pesto too. shit you're talking about. You have see, mac like, and cheese. Like the buffalo, I, I get the, the the Newman's own buffalo chicken pizza, but I don't approach that as a pizza because it's not. It, it it's it's not a it's cut in the shape of a pizza, 
but it's not a pizza. What? You know what I'm saying? It's like a it's like a it's like a thin crust sandwich. You know, it's almost like a panini more so. It's not a than lunchable. A it's that's crazy. But lu- lunchable pizzas are fucking banging, dude. It's because it has a good sauce. That's what you should have argued It does have a good lunchable pizzas are delicious. Okay. They are lunchable delicious. pizza over the pesto chicken. Is that where no. you go? Yeah, I would. I would 100 percent Wow. Really good taste there. I mean, I'm a man of tradition. I know what I like. Yeah, I mean, right. pesto sauce isn't bad. But it, it's it, fantastic. Like, but that's a mood. That's a mood food. You got to be in a mood to have that. That's if you true. Come that's home, true. If, if, if you've been drinking all night, you come home. Who do you think? Fuck, I could really go for a chicken and pesto. No, fuck that. You want a, a nice cheese, maybe a pepperoni. You got to see how the, the meat is going to sit on your stomach. Yeah, but see, I don't have any experience with that, so right, I don't know. Lunchable pizza is banging. Chat, who wins? Who wins this debate? Are we eating oh, yeah, a cheese? This is good live, I guess. You can make a poll. RGT, make a poll. I don't know how to fucking make a poll. It's like at the top. Of what? Or make me a mod. YouTube. Uh, see, I'm not on. I'm not. I'm. Okay. Wait. Can you make me a mod? No. Okay. Well, then never mind. Chat. I guess just one for Nate, two for RGT, three for me. How about that? I don't like traditions like the Knicks losing five in a row, pal. Hottest team in the NBA. Haven't lost <laughs> since the OG Ananobi trade. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Who's your poverty team? Oh, God. Now we got a Who's two. That? We got a two. two. Oh, yeah. I'm winning this. Oh. I'm taking oh, this. We got folks. a one. One guy just said Nate wins. Hawaiian. Get out of here, Vegeta. Ain't no one eating Hawaiian. Twos. Two, twos across the board. Shit. There's nothing wrong with tradition. Oh, here come the ones. Here come the ones. It's not a single three. Chat. <laughs> Damn it. All I'm seeing is a bunch of no flavored loving fools. I got one three. Mexican pizza. Bro, you remember. When Totino's used to make the Mexican pizza rolls, and they were filled with like a nacho cheese, a little bit of of meat, and then like I don't know if it was a pepper or something. They were so fucking good, and then they stopped making them. I remember the yeah, I remember the taco ones. Yes, the, the taco one. Yeah. yeah. Why Those did they stop? Phenomenal. Why did they stop? Why would you stop greatness? Because they were so good. They just said, we can't keep making these. They were so good. They were. Are we so going to keep good. doing the food debates? This is no. funny. It's been twice in a row. I don't know. No, John put me on the spot because I forgot that we were doing this today. <laughs> and like, I was just, he's like, well, what do you want for the topic? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know. All pizza? John say pineapple? John, That's it, disgusting. Like, I, I like, like, Pineapple and ham, I think, is really oh. good. But like, I'm the type of person. So we used to when I when I was working <laughs> at the pharmacy. Like, I used to get they had these Purdue chicken sandwiches that were a lot like um, Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches, a little bit smaller. The breast was a little bit smaller, um, but they were they were pretty cheap. They were they were already prepared and stuff like that. And I used to get that. And a little thing of cantaloupe slices. And I would put the cantaloupe slice directly onto the chicken and eat the sandwich with the cantaloupe slice. And people would be like, that's fucking gross. Motherfucker, you try that. You try that. It was amazing. What? Amazing. 
amazing. But like pineapple, like you know, you got some pineapple and ham. You know, you eating you eating the the Thanksgiving or the Christmas tradition ham, the best Christmas food. Then yeah, you know, you got some. <laughs> Grandma put cherries and shit in there. It was kind of banging. Okay. But yeah, I like I I enjoy pineapple as like the fruit pineapple juice. I'm all about, but I'm not putting that on a pizza. I love had... pineapple, but it's just yeah, it's not pizza material. You ever had dried pineapple? Yeah, no. it's fire, dude. It's that's... so good. I could eat so a whole good. bag of that, and then my stomach, I'm dying, Di- throwing like up all over the place. So it's like dehydrated. Like yeah, it's, it... it's like yeah. it's like dried mango, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's okay. a dried fruit. Like, but okay. the sugar on it is like insane. Like, and the cat, it's fucking horrible for you. Um, got you got news on the MIG switch flash cart. So yeah, I guess we could because we got a couple more minutes here before we start the Patreon exclusive thing, which I don't know how we're starting. Um, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, so evidently with the MIG flash cart, I do have one pre-ordered. Um, I am looking forward to it. The problem is. It doesn't come with the dumper anymore. They just kind of changed it and said that it's not happening. So I don't really know the point of this. Can I don't you, know the point of this now. Can you even do anything without the dumper if the whole point is to play the dumped files of your illegally owned games? You have to, I mean, call a spade a spade. You got to wait for someone who's able, who has a hack switch, who is able to, to, dump their own games put them with the in the mig file format and then upload it so you're you're basically hoping that the community does it which is one of my you could watch my fucking initial video on this and i was like this whole thing comes down to community support initially but then you know with the dumper you should be able to do some stuff it's just like fuck you know i mean i'll get it i'll look at it i'll try my best like how much I, is it? It was what sixty five bucks, I think. It's sixty five or seventy, but they were advertising it with the dumper for that price, and now they're revoking that from you. So I feel as though this should go on a discount. Yeah, yeah. like I feel like I, you know, I'm not getting everything that I, um, pre ordered it for. So the mm-hmm. dumper basically allows you to take the game already have because the the MIG fl- uh, flash cart it uses a specific file format. That nothing else uses. So if you're if you're into Switch emulation, there's a bunch of different file formats out there. Two are the most popular, and it's none of those. It's a brand new, I guess, proprietary um, file type, which just makes it. No, you don't have to do anything with it. The flash cart itself just works, but there's nothing on it right now, and without the dumper, how are you gonna? You you basically need someone with a hack switch to buy this thing and then out of the goodness of their heart release some patch roms for it and it's like fuck <laughs> that's kind of pointless then like i'm not pointless but it's just like a lot yeah it's it is kind of pointless but folks this was our inaugural episode i don't think i say that word right but whatever um <laughs> We did it on this channel, but as you can see in the chat, I just put the Game and Talk podcast. Yes, we will be live for this show from now on. After this, we are wrapping things up and moving on to a Patreon exclusive chat for a half hour. So if you've got any questions, you want some notoriety or something, 
make sure you guys come and check us out there. I guess check the Patreon. We'll put a link in there. Once again, I don't really know how this works. Um, but yeah, thanks for hanging out. This I think this was very successful. I definitely did not expect as many people to show up as yeah. they did. So that is good. Um, okay, so John has the Patreon link set up. Look at John. He did something. He did something for once in his life that helps us. Once again, thank you to Trent A for being a producer. William Hoag, executive producer. Mr. Job, executive producer. Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Buttman, executive producer. Jono, achievement, and of course, The Game Orb. Make sure you guys check out our sponsor, The Game Orb. Amazing person for putting up with us. Go show him some Spawncast love. He's got convention walkthroughs he's got gameplay videos go show him some love man i'm rgt85 um that's nate the hate nate say goodbye for now yes goodbye for now as said we will have a follow-up live show on the patreon for patrons so go over to the patreon become a member and you can partake in the upcoming live show we will answer your questions live and you can ask any question you want anything related to the show or why Sean likes plain ass pizza. Because it's delicious. Thank you for everyone who joined us for this first episode and hope to see you on the Patreon show in the coming minutes. And Josie? Uh, I think this was pretty successful as well. Uh, Just remember that from now on, we're not going to be streaming this show on this channel. We're going to be doing it on on the Game and Talk podcast channel, which RGT has been dropping in the chat. So make sure you guys subscribe to that if you want to catch it again live every week wednesday yeah all right and we'll see you all next time Mm -hmm.